Welcome to episode 394 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature regular contributor, playwright, writer, actress, humanitarian, baker, and candlestick maker, Kitty Bell Burbank. Kitty Bell and I talk about her rough summer, relationships, her daughter, singular thinking, being optimistic, being delusional, Mark Marin, Joe Biden as president, virtual dating, and rewards all around us. A grand conversation with Kitty Bell Burbank. We have an EW essay titled Penn's Wood, a radio play written by our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavise, titled Bewitched, as performed by the Azzarelli Theater Group, featuring Dominic, Margot, and Marnie Azzarelli. And we have a poem called Sign. All of this, of course, will be imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It's so nice to have you with us. Let's get to it. Episode 394 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Oh 
Penn's Wood. It is an inspiring taste of poetic justice that Philadelphia, the cradle of democracy in these United States, will save us from our worst political proclivities. The late autumn sun illuminates and warms a smell of detritus into the back roads, through the woods, along the rivers, down the valley, and atop the old hills and mountain tops. The yellow, burnt sienna, brown, red, green, black, smooth, shiny, crisp, crumbling, steadfast with stems, that truly represents this moment's breath and breath of our existence, is so dynamic, so deep, so vibrant, speaking beyond words, our people's stature, and simultaneously their insignificance, as a part of such a grand scheme, initiated in ways which no one can totally comprehend. Though, if he stops in this moment, she may see instinctively his connection to her beauty and the elegance of continuing in nature with a humility and clarity nurturing us through the wrong into the right, out of the despondency and into the light.
where you learned it You built your chapel And then you burned it Was it Satan Or the second coming So you're bearing The song you're strumming How am I ever gonna get by how am I ever gonna get by all by myself? How am I ever gonna get by? How am I ever gonna get by all by myself? Kitty Bell, is that you? It is me. All right, Kitty Bell Burbank on the program, regular contributor. She is a playwright, an activist, a poet. She's also a very, very much a, a candlestick maker and a baker. <laughs> she does so much. And uh, she also shares with us here on the program her insight. And uh, she's been doing it for a number of years. Uh, right now, we're talking about some significant stuff in uh, the world as as this phone call uh, is happening regarding the national elections in the United States of America for our listeners overseas. Um, the presidential race, of course, is is one in per, uh, particular race that many folks are uh, paying attention to. And um, by, right now, it's getting close. Uh, by the time people hear this, I'm pretty sure, I hope, a decision is, is clear. Um, but right now, it looks like it's pretty, getting pretty close to uh, Joseph Biden becoming the uh, 46th president of the United States of America. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm wondering where where you are with it. But first, how, how you doing? We haven't talked in about four months, you know, gone through a lot of the pandemic since then. It's It's been a summer. <laughs> it's one that I won't forget, uh, for sure. How, how so? Was it, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I guess both, right? I mean, nothing would be that singular of an experience. But um, yeah, I, I had a pretty rough summer, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. I uh, I lost a lot of my, uh, my routine, I would say, that I, I had going for a good, good long time. I was probably a little too comfortable <laughs> in my routine and the pandemic came along and everybody started acting really weird and I, I lost a major uh, 
relationship in my life, which then led to like other dominoes falling, you know, uh, and I found myself in my house alone, <laughs> alone a lot of the time. But, you know, then my daughter came home from um, she's going to UCLA right now, actually, and she is doing her classes online, as a lot of students are. Um, she had been spending some time in Colorado and then they lost their jobs. Uh, she and her boyfriend, who's also from Scranton. So they came back here and they've been working on converting a van into a place to live. And, um, they're going to be leaving shortly, but their stay kept getting longer and longer because there wasn't a reason to, to hurry back. Um, she can't go on campus right now and, um, the house is a better place for her to be taking classes, you know, than driving around in a van. So, um, yeah, so I've had her company, which is, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Are you kidding? That's Miranda. Yes, that is my Miranda. She is 25 now. Can I say that without incriminating myself? Well, yeah, well, you were a teen mom. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. I, I managed, managed to graduate college, but that's about it, yeah. Um, and then your other lovely daughter, Frances. We talk about them every show, so it's nice. They're regular, you know, they're re reoccurring uh, characters in, in uh, Kitty well, Bell Burbank. And every- yeah, they're they're part of me. They're part of my story. They are. They're, they're Absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely. I remember them when they were little girls, you know, and my two 20-somethings <laughs> were little, little, little children as well, and we used to get together at festivals, or I remember one time you popped over the house with your kids. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool seeing them grow up. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure when, it's nice having them around, uh, especially when well, you alluded to the relationship. I guess that was like a significant other sort of deal. Or was that your father? Remember your father was living no. with you? No, my father's still here. <laughs> he couldn't leave, I guess. It's Larry. Oh, or EW. I'm sorry. Did I just do a mistake? It's Frances. She wants to know who I'm talking to. Oh, no, that's fine. Hey, Francis. Doing the radio show, honey. Did you hear me talking about you? No, I didn't hear what you said. I have my headphones on. Oh, okay. All right. Francis is on her way to California. But, but Francis doesn't live in California. Miranda does. Right. Francis is just going to wine country. <laughs> wow. la di Because that's what you do during a pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get on a plane and... You know, go drink some wine in Napa. Hey, when you're 20-something, you can do that kind of stuff, right? You have to do it when you're 20-something because, you know, who knows what's going to happen after that, right? Right. You start getting tied down, responsibilities. Someone sucks the life out of you. <laughs> you're, yeah. you, know, you know, that's it's, it's uh, silly that uh, as we physically get older, sometimes, and you're not like this, so I, I'm not talking about you. You forget how fun it is to just be alive. You get caught up in, in the in the rigmarole or the so-called rat race, or mm-hmm. or you start walking around thinking I'm just middle-aged or I'm just old. What's the <laughs> what's the point of that, right? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't gotten to that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that. Yeah, but you see people who. Are there? I'm sure if you're like me, and maybe this is me being delusional, I'll see somebody my own age or even a few years younger than me, and I'll look at them and I'll say, they're old. And then I realize, wait a minute, (laughs) they're my age or they're they're younger than me. Uh, And and I'm not sure if it's because I'm not being honest with who I am or look like or I'm living differently 
Or I haven't, maybe I haven't grown up, some would say. I don't know. It depends on your perspective, I suppose. Yeah, I think I've always been a little bit on the outside, as you know, a little rebellious, a little um, not establishment, a little anti-establishment, maybe a little counterculture. And uh, I, I like to have fun while I work. And uh, I don't like to take things too seriously, although there is plenty to take very seriously. I think, you know, if we lose our sense of humor, then, um, you know, we're lost. So I, I, I try to have a good time sometimes. And, and sometimes, you know, people will look at me like, what's so funny? <laughs> yeah. What are you laughing at? Well, this, yeah. is a, this is a business meeting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. I, I don't know. I just kind of say what I want. And, and I, I'm honest. And, you know, that could be a fault. But um, I don't have to remember, you know, what I'm supposed to be saying. Well, yeah, quote unquote, what you're supposed to be saying, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's get back. Okay, right. No, no, so. no. I know I like where we are. I, this is free form. <laughs> you know, we're having a nice uh, extemporaneous conversation, as I think oftentimes you and I do, uh, do because we have that kind of relationship. Um, we've been doing this for a long time. I feel very comfortable talking with you. Um, now, Back to the relationship thing. Yes, I felt that was something. I mean, what? what it you, was. You, it was huge for me, actually. Um, I had had. I you know I have a long history of. It depends on how you look at it. You could say, not healthy or unsuccessful relationships, <laughs> but I I think everything is was you know there were years where it was good where those things all serve me. And I, I was telling somebody else recently, like I have a, a lot of trauma that I've carried out of relationships, but there's a lot of good things that happened in them too. And I mean, this goes back to that singular thinking. I mean, it's not all good or all bad. It never is. Um, at least that not the way I look at it, you know? And, but yeah, it was, it was really, I, I was in, I was going through a life changing experience for, you know, six, seven years. And then it all kind of came screeching to a halt without a good explanation. <laughs> and um, uh, a lack of closure, I think, has an effect on people that that can be very disorienting, you know, so I, I basically turned my whole life upside down and shook it all out and examined the contents and tried to put it back together again. But then, you know, after a while, you're just like, forget this, I'm going to make something new. You know, I'm still me, obviously, but it, it's starting all over again. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I hear you. I've been there. I've been there uh, for sure. Uh, and, you know, you, you say it was life changing, I guess, in a good way when you had the relationship uh, and it was in, in your mind, it was it was a it was sort of like growing and, and it was solid. And then all of a sudden it stopped. Mm -hmm. Is that that's what you experienced? It seems, and and then you know you had to you had to deal with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was focusing on the good things because that's the kind of person I am. I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm optimistic. I I tend to. It's not that I don't know that there's a dark side, but I try not to let that haunt me or run my life. You know, and I try. I'm very forgiving, and I'm very. Um, I, I let you figure it out for yourself. You know, I'm not going to tell you that you're misbehaving <laughs> necessarily. Um, so, so it's not like I didn't know that 
my life was less than perfect, that my relationship was less than perfect. But I, I chose to, you know, be, that's what love is. You love anyway. Yeah. You love anyway, despite the faults or the imperfection of the person or the relationship. You, you, you foc- you're focusing on the love. That's healthy. Though I think what happens sometimes, oftentimes, and I really am nowhere near an expert on relationships. I'm pretty much uh, an imbecile. But um, I, I have come to realize that you, you're, you, know, you can be in a place that you feel is in tandem with the other person in the relationship, but then you come to realize... No, they yeah. they want something totally different than you, or you're not fulfilling what they need, or they're not you know, or or, or they think that they're you know they are f- fulfilling your needs, and you don't know how to communicate to them that they are not. So you're unhappy. It's very complicated for sure. Or sometimes it's very maybe even not as deep. It's like they just want something new, you know. Yeah. Uh, they they think you're great. They love you, but they're bored. They want something new or they just want to be alone. They're sick of being with somebody else. There's so many different things. It's not always this. uh, Right. And when they don't tell you, you can just keep imagining all of them. Mm. (laughs) But then you have to stop. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's it's actually interesting because there's there's that delusion that that goes on, you know, where you tell yourself what you want to hear. You see what you want to see. It's much like being a Trump supporter. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I would imagine, um, which in a way helps me to have some compassion for them because I know what it's like to, you know, believe what you want to believe and, and you know, you, you make it work, you know, even if maybe you're, you're not seeing the reality that's right in front of your face. <laughs> So so now are you taking responsibility or do you feel compelled to take uh, responsibility for maybe what you didn't see or didn't do? Or, or are you looking at the other person as they were wrong? They, they're losing out. They're being selfish. It, 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 you know, it's changing constantly. Uh, it, it, I can't make up my mind because it, it is complicated. Like you said, there are so many layers and um, there are things that I will just never know. And that's the hardest thing because I like to, you know, I, I'm a scholar and I like to figure things out. I like to figure out how they work and what's going on. I, I like to analyze characters and get to the bottom of the psychology. And, and when I can't do that, it's, it's, it's really frustrating. It's like having a play that I can't write. Um, so, but, but you, you just have to let go of it, <laughs> I mean, you know, just for your own sanity, you know? So, but it does make you like, it, it's hard to move on because you don't know what to look at. You don't know what to think or what to consider. So, um, but I, I want to segue, if you don't mind, into, um, oh, in our text messaging, we talked a little bit about how I've been tuning into Mark Marin's uh, Instagrams. Yeah. Yeah, he's, well, you know, uh, Mark Marin. for some of you who don't know, that'd be, you know, too bad because he's pretty talented. He does a lot of great stand-up. He had a show for a while, an independent film channel, uh, the uh, Mark Marin Show, or Marin it might have been called. He has a very successful podcast. Uh, pretty pretty funny guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was uh, dating a woman, uh, a director, Lynn Shelton, and it had gotten pretty serious. She moved in with him. I believe right after the pandemic, they um, she had just bought a house, actually. But then 
you know, with, with the isolation, they, I think they decided let's be isolated together. Right. Cause it was, you know, far enough along in their relationship that moving in together wasn't weird. Um, but then she had this, I believe it was a blood disease that kind of came out of nowhere and she died. Whoa. Geez. In, yeah, in May. So this was like a week or two <laughs> right before, uh, my relationship ended. And what Mark Marin decided to do was to get on Instagram and talk and he just every well not every day actually he's been on hiatus during the election he decided to go away for a few days for his own sanity but i'd say maybe four or five mornings a week he sits down with his coffee and he puts on instagram live and he just talks to whoever tunes in for about an hour yeah and so here it's that specific time so it's about three hours later here so it's usually like between 10 and 11 um, maybe after my first class when I have a little bit of a break and I just put put Marin on and I do my thing and it's like there's somebody else in the house with me. <laughs> I think I told you it's like having an imaginary friend and <laughs> he's he's been going through his morning, you know, while I was going through my morning. And um, it, it's 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 really been one of the best things that happened to me during this pandemic, which is really sad maybe but I, <laughs> I don't think it's sad you know i i think it's um he says whatever you know do whatever you have to do today for for your sanity without hurting yourself or somebody else oh, right right whatever gets you through the night john lennon you know yeah. he, and he wrote that when he was going through tr troubled times with uh, yoko um yeah. Yeah, it, Mark Marin. It's weird that that you're bringing this up. You going through a breakup and uh, having Mark Marin there to help you kind of get through yeah. it. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience when I was going through uh, a divorce uh, years back, and the Mar his his uh, show was on Netflix. A couple like two or three seasons. I was home, you know, alone when the when the kids were with their mom in particular because shared custody, and I found Marin's show. And I would, okay. and I watched it, and it's the same stuff, I presume, as what he's talking about, because that's who he is. He's the same guy. He's just being himself, I think. Yeah. Uh, and and it really helped me, because of the way he, he struggles with those eternal questions of humanity, of life, of love, of, you know, being self-centered and nihilistic and hopeful and all those things. And he helped me big time. Yeah, and he is. He's so honest and... You know, he he just kind of says it how he sees it. He doesn't like sometimes he he'll make jokes that people are telling him he's not being positive enough, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> um, are you kidding? You know, and and he's you know he's talked about politics and the pandemic and and all of these things that we're dealing with, and it it makes you feel sane, you know. And and there's a thousand other people watching too. It's not just me, right? You know, right. So there's, um, a, there's a community that you're you're with. Yeah, and what he does is he'll talk. And he can talk and read the comments that people are making at the same time, which I think is an amazing skill, um, which is probably why this thing works, right? So so people are constantly saying stuff at him, and he's talking to them. He's, he's talking to us. He's answering us. And um, it's, it's a little bit weird, but it, it works, you know? And I think he's coming back tomorrow. See, I'm, like, already looking forward to it. Like, my friend went away, and he's, he's going to come back. And well, he's actually... He's actually going to interview Heidi Schreck, who uh, her show, What the Constitution Means to Me, is on uh, Amazon Prime now. And, and it was great. And I just watched that 
a couple weeks ago. So, you know, he's like right in sync with me. I didn't tell him to interview Heidi Shrek, but he just knew. He just knew. He just knew. <laughs> Kitty Bell Burbank on the program talking about, you know, life. Uh, and I, I understand how important art is to you just in terms of creating it and, and, and with regard to how important it is to, you know, your life and, and you know, being engaged with other people's work as well and, and uh, um, you know, delving into other people's work. And especially when you're going through uh, tough times, art is there, you know, and poignant artists that do indeed understand um, the pulse of things and, and, again, the eternal questions. Man, there it's better. You know, we talk. people talk about going to church for guidance, and, you know, if that works for them, fine, what have you. But uh, to me, you know, art is that kind of spiritually uplifting, intellectually uh, soothing. Uh, also, it answers questions in a way or fills the void in a way that most other things just cannot do. Right. And if it helps you laugh at it, then... <laughs> Even better. Yes. Yes, exactly. We're giving a lot of people plugs today. Hopefully they give us some <laughs> plugs on their show. Um, but, you know, getting back to where we started, I mentioned, you know, we're in a, in a very monumental election uh, here in the United States of America. And uh, I feel safe to say that uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be clear that Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States of America. And uh, how, is, how do you feel about that? I think it's amazing, actually. I, I wouldn't have picked Joe Biden out of the lineup, you know, that was there. All of those candidates were there. Not that I have anything against him, but, you know, we had all of these choices that weren't old white guys. And, um, and it was exciting, you know, that, that first, you know, presidential primary and, and those debates that were going on. Um, but there's something that is really great about the way Joe Biden has embraced Scranton during this election <laughs> to like, he's, he's really made it like Scranton versus Wall Street. And mm. I'm like, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's that's how I feel, you know, and, and the whole like, oh, he's not really from here argument drives me crazy. But because um, he is. He is. And the more he talks, the more that you know that he is. And and there was one, I don't know if it was a, was it a debate? It was the one where he was talking about going to school and getting in trouble with the nun, <laughs> going home, and his, and his mom mother. like <laughs> marched him down there to school. And I was just like, oh, yeah, he's from here. <laughs> yeah, and that was at St. Paul's, you know, over in Greenridge. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, that's a good story. I think his mother kind of gave it to the nun in that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was being, she was like belittling Joe for his stutter or something to that effect. Um, and, and I think it, if people understood more what Scranton really is, not just a drop, you know, a, a show on the office, a, a place on the office, if they understood what it's really like to be that kind of place where you're two hours from New York and you're two hours from Philadelphia and all these really great people are from here but most people feel like they can't stay here because you know it's hard to make a living and, and all of this stuff like his dad had to leave like we get that <laughs> we totally get that and I think if more people understood that 
that his what his identification with us and this city means, it would it would have meant more going up against Trump. Because uh, of how uh, important that could be to our fellow Americans regarding their stead in, in the United States of America and how given is that what you're saying, how given that, you know, uh, Joe Biden truly understands uh, because of his connection and his experience in, in blue collar America in, in Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not, you know, so many of us just aren't going to own a piece of Wall Street. No. And. And to judge how the economy is doing by how well your, your your stock accounts are doing just leaves so many of us out. And so many of those people who are left out are still voting Republican yeah. and they they yeah. don't they don't they don't see it and no. they they think that they're being heard and represented on some other level. And and I, I don't know, that's kind of tragic. It's yeah, and it is it is confusing, a little depressing when you see so many folks who you can't understand why they'd support a, a guy like Trump actually supporting him, you know. But right. but maybe we really are turning the bend, turning the corner. Not the pandemic is well. He's Trump gonna talks win, of, right? <laughs> Biden's gonna win. Yes. Yeah. Biden's and gonna he, right now as we speak. It hasn't been confirmed yet. He's like. You know, he's close to 270 as we're speaking. This is we're speaking on uh, November 4th, 2020. But uh, I think everything's lining up where I feel very comfortable to say, very confident to say he is going to indeed be the next president. And it and you know, I do you do you think you said earlier uh, you're happy it's him as compared to the others now, but you, you wouldn't have chosen him in the from the get go. Why no, you, but I didn't know him, really. I mean, he was just kind of the vice president for a really long time. And what does anybody know about the vice president? It, it, it's but and the more he ran, the more you got to see these little glimpses of him, you know, where he he took a second out to to hug the, the, the kid <laughs> when he didn't have to and gave his pin to another kid. And he wasn't thinking about being a politician. He was responding to, to these people in a very human way, you know, and he's very human down to like the way that they explained his, you know, his stuttering. And I was like, wow, that's, that's great. I want a president like that. Who's, who's humble, you know, <laughs> like, could you imagine having a president that's humble after these last four years? It's just, <laughs> yeah, like that's exactly what I want. Like that's that's the that's the opposite. That's the antidote, you know. And um, I'm I'm so glad that Kamala Harris is the, the vice president pick, and I think she's going to be a really strong one. And you know, I I'd, I'd like to see other things change. I wish that the I don't. I guess we're pro the Democrats probably aren't going to get the Senate. I I don't know. I wish they would. I I'd love to see like Elizabeth Warren be the new Mitch McConnell or something. You know, <laughs> but I guess one step at a time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's still up in the air. But it could happen still, though not as likely as we thought. Ah, uh, yeah. I feel like a weight has been has been lifted, and I look forward to to uh, tackling the challenges. And we have distinct challenges. And deep-rooted challenges in this country, but it'll yeah. be it'll be so nice not having that jamoke in, mm -hmm. in the White House. I uh, worry about the misinformation more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think that the the whole campaign, Trump's campaign, was not built on policy. 
It wasn't built on this is what we're going to do. No, no. <laughs> right? It was built on making fun of people and making yes and making people afraid of things but i mean it was based on lies right yes and lying about joe biden defunding the police lying about taxes going up lying about all of these things and people believing those lies because they get their news from one place yeah, and 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 we have a long history of of mythologies, you know, and uh, about how be, how we're, uh, you know, exceptional and and how we never really have done anything wrong. We don't come to terms with the history of this country, the brutal history of this country, and and thus we don't understand some of the endemic, deep rooted problems that still exist because of that history. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't want to fess up. We don't want to take responsibility. And and the fear and the finger pointing and the dis- being selfish is an easy way or an alternative way, if not easy, uh, to dealing with you know the the real complexities of who we are as a nation. And right. it, yeah, you know that's the that's that's what we have to you know start understanding if we're going to get to a better uh, better place. And we could. I mean, I still have faith in this in this country. Uh, sure. But I don't well, know. If- if people's find that their fears don't come true, you know, if they find out, oh, Joe Biden isn't a communist <laughs> and, you know, all of these bad things that they've been told that are going to happen don't happen. Well, I mean, I, I would hope that sinks in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's funny because I, I was talking to a, a coworker tonight who was very upset about you know just the stress over the election and what's going on and 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 just the fact that it's close at all you know in after Black Lives Matter and after all these people have died from the virus all of these things the fact that it's even close at all is 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 really scary for some people and and it is it is but and I was saying the people that voted for Trump are, are are not bad people. They live down the street from me. And if like my car broke down in the pouring rain and I was standing there, they would probably stop and help me, you know? And it, it's not that they don't have compassion and it's not that they don't have hearts or care about other people. It, it, it's, They've just they believe things about the economy and they believe things that, you know, they've been encouraged to separate themselves from having compassion in an in ideological way. But it's not it's not real. What's not real? They're they're not. I don't think they hate as much as it seems. I, I know that the people that are out there on, you know, getting on camera with the, you know, war paint on their face, waving the flags, <laughs> you know, shouting at peaceful protesters seem to be full of hatred. I, I mean, yes, that is a thing. But I think most people who are, are, you know, voted this way that we don't understand, I, I don't think that they're bad people. I don't think that they I think that they do have kindness in them. I think that they are generous in a certain way that we're not seeing in the way that they voted because it's so abstract. It's not real. I think if you put them on the ground in faced with a situation where they had to decide, do I help this person or not? We would see something else. 
Well, you sound like the same sort of mentality that uh, Joe Biden is is uh, that he subscribes to as he moves forward. He want you know he I think he would say something similar. And uh, you're also a Scrantonian, so maybe maybe it's the culture here. Kitty Bell Burbank here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Kitty Bell. And you know I'm I'm sure you're good alone because you're a strong, intelligent, very dynamic individual. But I also am sure at some point someone's going to be lucky enough to cross paths with you and and give you another wonderful relationship. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I don't think I'm ready yet. <laughs> no, not yet. When you're ready, when you're ready, you'll know. I've tried though. I like, I, and I think I told you this. I, I I went on some of the dating apps and I, I I'm tr- I tried to talk to people and it's just yeah, it's brutal. I don't. It, it's the whole virtual thing. It's so hard yeah. in the first place. Like, but the time it takes to even get to know somebody really. You know, there's one there's one person I'm talking to who seems who seems very interested, and that's nice. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, let's give it some time. And uh, you know, oh, I forgot what my point was. Oh, I, I didn't even bring up politics because I was just too afraid to hear that the guy was going to vote for Trump. And then, like, <laughs> that's I, I couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> done. Then, yeah, you can't hang out with that person. No way. Yeah, so like I'll I'll take the couple text messages I'm getting a day right now, and, and <laughs> but it's not real, you know, it's just not it's it's not real to me right now. So uh, I just try to get through the day. I've I've got my cat and my daughters and my students, who um, you know, I, it's rewarding. There's a lot of rewards, so you don't necessarily have to have everything at once. I guess. Well said. Well said. A pleasure talking to you, Kitty Bell. You too. Have a good uh, rest of the week and uh, look forward to hopefully crossing paths soon. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because we're not on campus anymore, but. <laughs> yeah, one day again. One day. Yeah, someday. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. It's dark We lose your spirit We lose your heart When the world is dark We lose your fire We lose your spark Don't give up Hang on tight Don't be afraid Dark, we lose your.
your bells You stumble and fall Don't give up You have a reason to carry on Don't give up Take my hand You'll never go Okay, Haley, I found the spell. On a website, duh. Duh, 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 dork. You're such a dork. <laughs> I know, so am I. Okay, so, how to make a guy fall in love with you. Yeah, that's the title of the spell. Loads of spells on here. Let's see. Hmm, seems pretty straightforward. At least we don't have to find an eye of newt. I have newt? Like from an old witch's potion, you know? Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. You've got to read more, Haley. Okay, do you have an object that belonged to the beloved? Like underwear? Ugh, no, gross. Actually, that would work. That's number three on list of suggested items. Who makes these spells? A hat? Perfect. How did you get Logan's hat? Oh, right, when we were hanging out at his practice and he forgot his hat on the bench. And you kept it? Wow, you're kind of a stalker, Haley. Also, nice work. So, get the hat and... Amber, what do you want for dinner? Ugh, I don't care. Meatloaf? I don't want meat. I'm busy, mother. Sorry about that. Okay, do you have a hat? Do you have the hat? No? You don't have to put it on your head. Just... Just hold it. Clutch it. Clutch the hat. <laughs> You're sick, Haley. Why am I your friend? Oh, that's right. I'm sick, too. Amber, what's this about no meat? Oh, my God. Dad, please! You used to love your mother's meatloaf. I'm trying to live a meat-free life. Well, start tomorrow. Can I eat meatloaf? 
Sorry, Haley. My dad's going on about meatloaf. They're both insane, you know. Wonder what the spell is for dealing with crazy parents. Okay, are, are you still holding the hat? Good. Now, twirl three times counterclockwise. <sighs> you know how an old-timey clock runs with, with the arms? A clock. Yeah, well, the other way. Okay, practice a few times. Uh, don't get dizzy, or dizzier than you already are. All right, Amber. If my meatloaf is no longer good enough for you, we'll just order pizza. Great, Ma. Mushrooms and green peppers. Okay, Haley, you ready? Twirl. Good. Nice twirling. Now, uh, repeat after me. Molly, Molly, peccatorum. How do I know what it means? It's a spell. Hatch 'em, catch 'em, no explore 'em. Well, I hope you're happy. Your mother is standing in the kitchen, weeping over a mound of meat. It's quite a scene. Again? Oh, brother. I'll come down. Mother's having another meltdown. Have to wrap this up. Where were we? Um, smash art, smash art, open door 'em. Plumb it, dunk it, scratch and groove. Make Logan be my love. Blue. I'm just trying to be a good mother, Amber. You are a good mother, dear. She's an ungrateful child. <sighs> Meatloaf's fine, Ma. I love your meatloaf. There you are, dear. Amber has come to her senses, and all is well with all is right with the world. Meatloaf, it is. Okay, honey. I'll call you when it's ready. And we're having green beans and mashed potatoes. Super. Well, Haley, that's it. Do you feel anything? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I guess we have to wait and see what happens. Let me know if Logan loves you. You're welcome. Well, have to go deal with the freaks downstairs. Bye. The sun goes down and the moon comes up. I turn into a teenage Google Mark. Yeah, I cruise through the city and I roam the streets. I'm looking for something that is nice to eat. You better die when I show up. I'm the night-haired hunter looking for some head With a way-out body underneath that head Yeah, I'll get you, baby, with a little luck Cause I'm a teenage tiger and a... Uh, 
sign. It feels as though that individual who stole my political yard sign must have done so because they felt justified. I am not overly perturbed, for we just received word that our candidates won. The thieves are done. Off yonder they run, holding on to, tightly, a piece of cardboard with earth still fresh and stuck to the metal. Episode 394 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who helped to make this episode possible. 
First and foremost, our good friend, Kitty Bell Burbank. Our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis. The Azzarelli Theater Group, featuring Dominic, Margot, and Marnie Azzarelli. And these musical artists, Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Resistance Revival Chorus with Rhiannon Gideon, Woody Guthrie, John Moreland, Lucinda Williams, The Cramps, Lucas Nelson, and Promise of the Real. Of course, Branford Marsalis and Terrence Blanchard, too. And I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.